You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, I don't know if all of you know this or not, but I've got a child that's not even two months old with another child that's two years old. So to say that it has been a stressful house, hmm, that would uh, not be doing it, uh, doing it service. So um, I've been gone and I'm excited to be back. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can hit me at Ryan Dengel. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I'm going to bring in Jack Wright. We're not fighting yet. If you want to find Jack on Twitter, it's at Bear Down Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I mean, I wasn't holding an infant baby two minutes before the show started like you were, uh, which I'm a little jealous of. Actually, I love, I'm an odd duck. I really love the infant baby stage. She hates my guts. Oh, no. <laughs> Every time I hold her, she she loses her mind. So uh, the other kid... Yeah, we're we're awesome. We I, yeah. I'm I'm a play gym. We're having a great time. It's fantastic, Jack. I we could banter for a while, but I, I want to get into. We've got a phenomenal guest, uh, which I'm stoked to talk to. Last time Tyler was on the show, I didn't get a chance to talk with him. I had something else going on, so uh, so I'm 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 excited to talk to him. Uh, you know, here's what he's got to say about bears. What about you? Absolutely, yeah. He was one of our most favorite guests and most listened to of all time for the Bear Down Chicago podcast. So we're super excited to have him on. Let's bring him on. Tyler. Tyler, how are you, buddy? I'm fantastic. Well, you really set the bar for me now. If it was a, if it was a great episode last time, now I got I to gotta knock it out of the park again, I guess. <laughs> Zero <laughs> pressure. Up. Zero Don't pressure. Don't mess up. He's lying to you. There's so much pressure, Tyler. You got to get it right. Gotta get <laughs> Feeling it right. It. I can I can see the tension in the air right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tyler, before we get into it, before we get into Bears questions, man, I didn't get a chance to chat with you last time. You're a Chicago kid, right? Or Chicago yes. land mm-hmm. individual. Yeah, yeah. Where'd suburbs. you grow up? Where, where, yeah, tell us, tell me about that. Suburbs of Chicago. I, um, from Glenview. Went to Glenbrook South High School, as did uh, Courtney Cronin as well. So yep. uh, it's uh, kind of full circle. Now, I always say we were both in the same radio classes. She was older than I was, and we didn't overlap at all in school. But in our teacher's office... If you look all around the office, it's all of Courtney's awards. I did not contribute anything to that. It was all Courtney <laughs> doing all the, the good work there at Glenbrook South High School for the radio station. That's awesome. Right. Okay, wait. So is that the Titans, right? Titans, or yes. Is, mm-hmm. My wife is also a Titan. I forgot about that. So there you all go. Right. So you guys all went to the same high school. There it is. Look at that. Titan pride. Absolutely. And did you want to ask Ryan? Is it, I mean, are you cool with this, Tyler? Is your, is your last name Japanese? It is, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's Japanese. So, yeah, my father's Nihongo, Japanese. Mm-hmm. Nihongo desu ka? Nihongo Don't speak a word. Uh, <laughs> got it. Yeah, yeah. I honestly I got don't it. even know. 
I, did you ask me, do you speak Japanese? Is that what you asked me there? I or? did. I did ask okay. if you, uh, not well the first time around, but the second time. Yeah. So Nihonjin, like I'm asking, are you a Japanese person? I was a Japanese minor in college. It's okay. worked really well for me in life. Like I can uh, tell you that the sushi is delicious. Um, and that's really about it. So uh, five years of Japanese really, really helped me out in that department. So I got that well, for you. I was a failed Spanish minor in college. So I I was on the track to be a Spanish minor. I needed to minor at school. So I was on that track, had a few credits heading into school. And then they handed me a novel and I said, I'm out. I'm going to go minor in something else. Absolutely. We should probably talk bears, Jack. I don't know. We've got Tyler for a short bit of time and I definitely want to get to some some fun stuff. Absolutely. So Tyler, uh, Thursday night's game. What... What would you say was the biggest takeaway for you or what was your overall impression of the Bears' victory, two out of the last four, the Bears' victory against the uh, Carolina Panthers Thursday night? I guess the big takeaway is the Bears aren't the worst team in the league. Uh, That's kind of the way that I saw it. Uh, It was an ugly game Thursday night. Obviously, uh, neither team getting to to 17 points there, but I – Listen, I know a lot has been made about what Tyson Bajan is and isn't, what Justin Fields is and isn't. My stance from what I've seen the last couple of games of Bajan and pretty much from what I've seen of Justin Fields over the course of of what he's done in Chicago is the 2024 quarterback, starting quarterback, is not on the roster right now. That's been my biggest takeaway. Uh, Bajan has just done enough. I think he's been a great story. I think he can be a backup in this league. Um, And then defensively, like, I've been pretty impressed with what the defense has brought. I know it's not a great Panthers team. I know they haven't played anyone that great aside from the Chargers offensively over the past couple of weeks, and you didn't pass that test uh, from a defensive standpoint. But taking care of business against some of the bottom parts of the league or even middling parts of the league defensively has been impressive to me. And it's been nice to see that. You know, Matt Eberflus isn't a great coach, but I think he's a pretty good defensive coordinator with what he's been able to do and get this defense in a solid spot. Got to follow up. The, I mean, breaking news. We need a breaking news, like, sound of some sort, RD. The, the franchise quarterback's not on the roster? Franchise quarterback's not on the roster. Okay, so even if Fields balls out the last seven games – you do do you do not see Fields as being the future franchise? If he does that, yes. I just don't see him doing that. And from what I've seen out of him so far this season, from what we've seen in years prior, and I've kind of laid it out. For me, it's not going to be what can you do numbers wise the rest of the way. At this point in Justin Fields' career, I need to know if you're a win because of quarterback. I need to see wins the rest of the way, and I know wins aren't a quarterback stat. But this is a guy who has not won. And ultimately, this team needs to make a step in the W column the rest of the way. That's the been the barometer for this season is, okay, we, we weren't expecting playoffs or we weren't asking for playoffs. It'd be nice if the Bears were a team that could sneak their way into the playoffs. But it doesn't look like that's in the cards for this season. And if I'm Justin Fields, like I look across the league and see all the different quarterbacks that have won even a handful of games this year or even won today on on Sunday, and it's like, I need to see him be a guy that can go out and win games in this league. We're seeing Josh Dobbs win games in this league. I need to see Justin Fields win games in this league now because if he's not a guy that I can win because of and he can elevate the rest of the pieces, you always hear, guy doesn't have a supporting cast this, guy doesn't have a supporting cast that. But the true stars in the league, I think we're seeing one right now in Houston, 
with CJ Stroud. The true Absolutely. stars in the league are the guys that uplift the rest of the roster. CJ Stroud's a win because of guy, and we saw that we saw that exactly play out today. I need to see Justin Fields be a win because of guy. So then let's do this, Tyler. You know, this is totally off script. Sorry, Jack, but is it Drake May? Is it Caleb Williams? I mean, do you, do you know is if you're sitting there picking at let's say they got the Bears have the number mm-hmm. number one overall pick. Um do you, do you got a guy right now that you're saying this is the guy the Bears have to take, or is it still too early in this season to to know? I'm still a big Caleb Williams fan. I know it hasn't looked pretty all the time there, but there's a lot of times where I look at what Caleb Williams has done. I mean, he just played a really good Oregon defense. I don't think you're going to see people really tooting his horn for what he did against Oregon, but I was pretty impressed with some of the stuff that he was able to do against an Oregon team that some think are the best in the country, especially on the defensive side. And for them, I know it was kind of a late score that kind of made it look a little bit closer than it was, but even to hang around a little bit against that Oregon team, I was kind of impressed. I think that Caleb Williams is still the guy that I'm looking for because he has the knack for the spectacular. He does a lot of the processing stuff. Well, I'm still a big Caleb Williams fan, even though I think a lot of people, the shine has rubbed off of him for a lot of people in the NFL draft world. I'm still very impressed. He does not have an offensive line. He does not have a receiving group. When he did have some of those components, we saw what it looked like last year, and he was out there as a world beater for USC. And if he was draft eligible a season ago, we'd be talking about him as a no-doubt first overall pick in last year's draft, and perhaps even the guy that the Bears would have drafted in last year's draft. It would have been an interesting question had it come down to it there, but I'm still on the Caleb Williams train. I know there's been a lot of Drake May buzz, guys like Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy also working their way into that conversation, maybe not for number one, but among like the top three, four quarterbacks in the the draft class, but I'm still a, a Caleb Williams guy. Going to be interested to see where, where, where it goes from here. Do you think the Bears will take a quarterback or do you think if Marvin Harrison's on the board he goes first he's a generational talent I mean no one's a can't miss but it seems like he's a can't miss do they do Harrison and a QB I mean because on some levels I think Tyler that I do agree with you that the Bears need the quarterback that will change the trajectory of the franchise mm-hmm. that's the bottom line and I'm not sure if Justin Fields is that either but I guess the Central question is, will the Bears pick a quarterback? Right. I think, especially the ammo that they have, they're going to have two picks, let's say conservatively, in the top 10, right? Um, Two picks in the top 10. Who knows? Maybe they're top five. Maybe they're two of the top three. Maybe they're the top two. Who knows how the rest of the season ultimately unfolds here? But I do think, given the depth of the quarterback class this year we will see the bears take a first round quarterback now it kind of depends i think if you have the first pick you're taking caleb williams it'll be interesting if you have two of the top three or two of the top four and we do see all of those quarterbacks sort of catapult their way to the top because jack i'm with you man like i watch marvin harrison every single saturday and it's like you know if you took him number one overall i wouldn't be mad i wouldn't be mad because that's a game changer right there He's a guy who is just breaking games wide open. He opens up. I mean, that tandem all of a sudden that you have with Marvin Harrison and DJ Moore, you're talking about what? One of the top three to five receiver tandems in all of football at that point, given the the talent that that's there. Like it's tough to pass that up. No doubt. And, And I wouldn't 
be mad if they took Marvin Harrison one, but I'd still ultimately think that the Bears find a way to take a quarterback. So, so Tyler, now you got the wheels turning in here. So let's say they take Marvin Harrison Jr. one, and then they get one of those left the a left tackle that they really strongly believe in they keep justin fields now justin fields has an offense that's operating with marvin harrison jr dj moore cole Komet. does that change anything about how you feel about him or you're still like hey i need to see it through these last seven weeks well i if, if let's say they do keep justin and they go out and draft a tackle and a receiver if you can't succeed with that like when are you going to succeed? Seriously, like that that's the True. way that you have to look at it that, at that point because you have been given a cupboard of the finest ingredients to work with. If you can't make a great meal that way, then what are we doing here? That, and that's the thing that makes this decision tough because let's say you do pass on the quarterback and the rest of the team looks great, but the quarterback isn't there and Caleb Williams ends up being this generational guy, this future top five quarterback in the NFL and Drake may is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Then you're sitting there kind of kicking yourself that this is the one position that we needed to get right. And we passed on it again. And we whiffed on it again. Like this would stick if the bears had the number one overall pick and everyone was telling you generational Caleb Williams, and he does end up being generational and you end up taking Marvin Harrison instead it's a real tough pill to swallow. And, and listen, I'm not someone that believes in curses and that a, a franchise is cursed, but boy, if that were to be the case, like I just, I don't think it's a curse. I just think you're flat out inept if that's the route you go down <laughs> and, and, and you whiff again. Well, Jack, that kind of sets up really, really well. So Tyler, just to peel back the curtain just a little bit, Jack and I, Jack is one of my best friends in the, in the whole world. Uh, I mean, we, we, we work together, we podcast together, we ride motorcycles together. Like this is, this is my guy, but this week we have been fighting tooth and nail. And so you, you, we're really curious to get your kind of thoughts. This, this bears win on Thursday night. Do you see this as an important, like, stepping stone for a bear squad that's that's building and and getting better or do you see it as more of like a this was just a bad football team that eked out a win against a team that is much worse uh, or maybe slightly worse um and really this is the the coaching staff that's around this ain't it how are you feeling about this first off I didn't realize I was an honorary member of the biker gang today. Like uh, I did not know you guys were motorcycle riders. The Absolutely. more you know, do you ride? I don't ride. No. Oh, okay. okay. I've got an extra bike. Terrify me. I was going to say, yeah, Tyler, come on, come on, dude. Let's go. You're in the club. Let's go. Let's, let's do it. Um, but in terms of what, what we saw this week or this past week on Thursday, like overall, I, I don't take a lot away from a win against the Panthers. I mean, you look at the wins that the Bears have had this season and how much of it has truly impressed you as a Bears fan. It, I, I can't say there's a whole heck of a lot. I mean, I guess Washington is somewhat impressive. They've got a good defensive line. It was a short week on the road. Your quarterback played probably the best game of his career in that game as well. And like I got to tip my hat in that I mean, you put up 40 points on the board. That's always an impressive output. So I think that this season and especially on Thursday, like until you go out and win a game where it's like, damn, like you beat someone that really was a head turner. Like you every, every week there's that big upset in the NFL, 
we haven't seen the Bears be a part of that, even though they've been an underdog and in some cases a big underdog in a number of games so far this season. Like if you were to go out and beat the Chargers a couple weeks ago on Sunday night football, then I think we're talking about this thing a little differently. If you go out and beat the Lions, I think they're a nine-point underdog uh, is the early line that I saw uh, for the upcoming game on Sunday. If you go out and beat the Lions, like that's a team that is among the best of the best in the NFC and is in the driver's seat right now in your division and could be the team to beat over the next handful of years in the division as well. That's when I'll really start to buy into, okay, there might be something here, but for now, Beating the Panthers 16 to 13 on Thursday night football, beating the what is now after the Cardinals won today, the worst team in football by record. And I, quite frankly, on paper as well, in my opinion, it's not impressive to me. And it was at home. And there were moments where it really felt like you could have lost that game too. It wasn't like it was 16 to seven. And then all of a sudden there was a little two minute drive by Bryce Young down the stretch. No, it was a 16-13 shaky victory, and and it was a game that you uh, you trailed 10-9 to at halftime to the worst team in football. It wasn't even like the offense was clicking against a bad Carolina defense that was missing its best defensive player in Brian Burns. Like The Bears had every pregame break go their way, aside from the fact that Justin Fields wasn't healthy enough to play. So because of that, I, like I'm not super impressed. I'm not super thrilled or jacked up if I'm a Bears fan over this victory against the Panthers. So, I mean, you don't need to be a referee, but I would love to hear where like you're at. If we have a continuum and and I'm on one side and mm-hmm. Ryan's on the other, I'll briefly describe where I'm at. Ryan, you can briefly describe where you're at. And then I'd love to hear where you're at, Tyler. Sounds good. We're a year away. They stripped down the roster mm-hmm. last year, stripped it down to the axle, yeah. to the rivets. So, my thought is the rebuild continues. In my opinion, I think Poles uh, and Iberflus and crew are still looking at this as a part of the rebuild. That rebuild is, is ongoing. We are acquiring assets in the form of players via free agency and via the draft. And that consistency in terms of, and I don't love Flus, let's not, mm-hmm. and I'm not looking at this through rose colored glasses either. But I feel like there are things to be positive about. The, the defensive uh, run game is extremely positive. We're healthy on the defensive side. The defense is definitely on the upswing. Um, we're starting to get some offensive line assets that are starting to be effective and pretty good. Cole Komet has begun to really blossom as a tight end. Uh, there's some high-level you know, wide receivers. I, in other words, <laughs> and you, you probably watch the Twitter world a little bit, mm-hmm. and it, it just seems like everything is like fire everybody into the sun. Fire Getsy into the sun, fire Poles, mm-hmm. fire Fluce, fire everybody. They're all terrible. And I'm just not there. I just I, I feel like I'm looking at it from 30,000 feet away thinking there are still some things moving in the right direction here. It's not all uh, worthless, awful, terrible, and needs to be blown up. In, in 10 seconds, it's a defensive coordinator that's pl- trying to pretend to be a head coach, and he's not doing a very good job of it. I don't think he's the guy. I don't think Getsy's the guy. I don't like this staff. I think I'm still a little bit out on polls. I think there are some things that I think he's done that are that have done incredibly well, but some other head scratchers, I don't love the direction of this franchise right now. Okay. I would lean... I kind of feel like I'm in the middle here a little bit, but... I actually really like Ryan Poles' process so far. And I think the... Now, you got to hit on some things, 
And but he's set up where if there are some failures along the way, you've still got some ammo to help yourself out if in fact you do miss. Now, this upcoming draft is going to be the most important draft. It, let's be honest, it's going to make or break Ryan Pohl's entire career. And if he whiffs on this draft, he's probably never getting another general manager job ever again. And that's why it's going to be so pivotal. But overall, his process is there. Like, can you imagine if this Bears team didn't have the potential for a number one overall pick via somebody else and also didn't have DJ Moore and also didn't have that extra second round pick last year and also didn't have the an upcoming second round pick to like, then where would Yikes. we be? Yikes. Right. Like then you're yeah. really starting to stress a little bit about where this, and I think it, it's nice to have that kind of Panther capital for this upcoming draft. Cause okay, let's say the bears finish third in the, the draft order. All right. Well, we see every year people trade up for quarterbacks every single year. It happens right now. Okay, sure. The draft looks like it's one, two Caleb Williams, Drake may, but then we see it every year. There's that fourth, fifth, sixth quarterback that now enters the fold. Like last year, Anthony Richardson. Richardson was that guy who rose to the top and ends up being the fourth overall pick. And what if there's a team that is desperate and wants to give you a haul for that, right? Or dream scenario is Justin Fields does show down the stretch that he is the guy and you do have the Panthers pick at number one overall and you're content with sticking with Justin, like then you're going to get probably the greatest draft haul, the greatest trade haul in NFL history for that first overall pick, because there's not one, but two quarterbacks that are super intriguing at the top of the board there. Um, So overall, I like what Ryan Poles has done process wise Um, in terms of some of the other guys like Matt Eberflus. I think he's got to do a lot to save his job down the stretch here. I think He's probably done more to help his case than hurt his case in recent weeks um, with the the victories that he's had, doing it with a backup quarterback, the defense playing an improved style of football as well. So I think there's something to like in that regard. But in terms of Luke Getze, like the other the other name that you brought up there, I'm not as out on Getze as, as I think a lot of people are. I actually am a pretty big Getze fan. Um, I think he's done a lot of things that um, it's come down to player execution. Like Tyson Bajan just hasn't been able to read this and the arm strength isn't there. And Justin Fields hasn't been able to read this or that, or he's tucking the ball too early. I think like you look at some of the all 22 stuff that gets thrown out there on Twitter and, and you listen to some people who are really smart with watching this stuff. When Getsy's got the right piece in there at quarterback, it seems like it works. And I think there's a, I think, and again, if, if Luke gets, or if uh, Matt Eberflus isn't here, then this is a moot point because Luke gets, he's not going to be here either. So it really doesn't matter all that much. If I think Eberflus is going to be gone at the end of the season, no matter what, but it's just, it, then it comes down to, okay, you have to go out and hire an offensive head coach because you can't have a guy then get poached away from you. Like, let's say Luke gets, is this, I'm not saying he's like a, a Kyle Shanahan type, but let's say he is this next sharp offensive mind let's say he's like the next matt lafleur or whatever right you need that offensive guy still in your building year to year so you want him to be your head coach like i wouldn't mind taking a swing at what's going down on in texas with a guy like bobby Sloak and what he's done to get a rookie qb in there and 
let's say it, CJ Stroud's playing at an MVP level right now. They're, the Houston Texans have no business. What do they have, four or five wins now? Have no business with that record at this point in time and going out and, and beating Joe Burrow and the Bengals in a slugfest. Like, what he's done is amazing. And if you get a guy like that to be your head coach, then you have that in your building for continuity down the road. I think that's super helpful. So I know that's a kind of a winding road to kind of referee where, where I sit between both of your sides here. Um, but I do think like Ryan Poles has done some really good things, but I think the coaches probably uh, are more than likely out at the end of the season. The only thing I'll say to that, cause I agree with just about absolutely everything you said, but the Getsy inconsistencies don't bother you. Cause I think he he'll scheme a phenomenal play uh, in a position, but I don't always feel like he puts players in the best position to succeed. And while I agree with you, it does come down to execution sometimes then he'll call an end around or a wide receiver screen. That is just, you're, you're like, you're banging your head against a wall. Like, do you have Tyler, do you feel like I'm crazy in that? And what I'm saying every once in a while, I, I do get that, but there's a lot of times where some of those weird screens and stuff like that actually end up working. And we never criticize it when it's works, but we like to criticize it when it doesn't work. And I think that's part of the, hot take everyone needs their pound of flesh culture that we live in these days now but we don't like to call it out when it doesn't work how many times did we see short routes work in that game against washington right like let's look at what dj moore did a couple of those plays in the second half were short screens or short hitch routes that he turns into a big play and we're not criticizing luke getsy there when he calls a play in that regard then but when it doesn't work on a third and three then we we we're calling for his head. So I think you you, you got to call it both ways when you look at what what we're doing with Luke Getzey. Totally fair. Well, I think then it probably follows a little bit. Here's like a hard hitting question, then Tyler, to for you to back up your stance. <laughs> but so so why is it so hard for the Bears to get the ball in the hands of their most electric offensive player? Why can't they seem to scheme for DJ Moore? It's a fantastic question. <laughs> like, it and sucks, there's a lot it? of there's a lot of times too. Like, you'll see at the end of a play, it's DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney with the hands up. Like, dude, I'm open. Like, where's the ball? Why isn't it in my hands? And like, if you look at some of the plays where Tyson Bajan just doesn't have the arm strength to get it to him. And to be fair, like DJ Moore's had a couple instances this season where he could have made a play to help out his quarterback. I think. uh was it in the the Panther game? There was a play in the back of the end zone that where I thought he had a chance to maybe make a play to help his quarterback. Obviously, the the one that sticks out to me uh, in particular is the game against the Chiefs. Um, obviously, it didn't really mean a whole heck of a lot, but he drops the ball that was just in his hands down the sideline. Would have been a big play for them. There was another one, maybe it was against the Raiders too, where there was a ball in the back of the end zone that if you're a number one and if you're being paid to play like a number one, you make the play. Like there's been a couple times where DJ just hasn't made the play that could have maybe helped the the stats look a little bit better for him. But overall, I mean, I'm very, very high on DJ Moore. Love that he's a part of this Bears team. He's a fantastic talent at the receiver position, brings some legitimacy to that room as well, and makes life easier for guys like Darnell Mooney and stuff like that, too. So um in terms of getting the the ball in his hands, like I Listen, I'd love to for DJ Moore to be a guy that gets 12 targets a game, 15 targets a game, and this is a high-flying offense that is centered around DJ Moore as a game-breaking type receiver. But um, 
I think the inconsistency at quarterback too, not from a necessarily a playing standpoint, but just having a different guy in there as well. Like that first game when when Justin dislocates his thumb and Tyson Bajent goes into the game and we see Tyson just peppering Tyler Scott because that's the only guy he's really worked with over the course of his very, very young NFL career. It was just kind of acclimating and working with a guy like DJ Moore and just getting those reps, I think. And now you're going back to Justin. And it was nice because Justin and DJ, before the injury, were looking like they were starting to get some chemistry together there, especially in that Washington game, him hitting DJ down the sidelines and stuff like that, some stuff that we saw in training camp that made us all really excited for this upcoming season offensively. So I think that getting DJ more touches, yes, I'd love to get him more touches, but I think it also kind of helps when you do have some consistency at the quarterback position. And I think that this upcoming week against the Lions is a, is a good chance to kind of reestablish that, assuming Justin Fields is healthy and ready to go. Tyler, we know that your time is precious. Do you, do you have time for maybe two more questions? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. We really appreciate it. All right, so I'm really curious. Now you are part of the flagship station at ESPN 1000. You've got Joniak and Thayer there. How have things changed for you guys? You know, uh, do you have to watch your P's and Q's just a little <laughs> bit more? I mean, like, it has really has anything changed? I mean, how, how has that been for you guys? I don't think uh, the only thing that's changed is that on game days now we have a lot more programming with the Chicago Bears. We also have the Chicago Bears podcast with Pat the Designer as well. Um, so it's just a lot more game day type programming and nothing's changed in terms of our ability to criticize the team when things aren't going well, like they haven't been for a, a good portion of this season. Um, so nothing's really changed in that regard. It's just there's, if you're a Bears fan, like there's a lot of great programming for you out there, whether it's Bears Weekly with Joniak and Thayer, whether it's the pre-pregame show with Bleck and Abdallah, the post-post with Pat the Designer, Jeff Meller, Jason McKee, um, and then obviously the game broadcast, the network pregame with Sylvie Dion and Lance Briggs, and the the network post game with Peggy and Yurko, like it's just wall to wall bears on Sundays now, which is really fun, really great to have. And I think the cool thing for me is like, as a kid who one of my first, like, I guess good sports memories was the fact that the Bears went to the Super Bowl when I was eight years old. Uh, yeah, it would have been I would have been eight years old at the time. Is like, I work with some of those guys now that are on that were on the team there, like Lance, like J Mac. So it's cool to be around those guys when um, beforehand we, we didn't have them in the building. We didn't have them. We weren't talking to them on a weekly basis and stuff like that. So it's good to have their perspective, especially because they were on the last truly great bears team. So I love having those guys around too. It's so good too. You know, you know, we're avid listeners and the whole lineup really is so good. I was listening to the pregame and like Joniak kind of comes in and goes out and he seems like he's like, he's really loosening up a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like Waddle has started to get him to break <laughs> down like some of his walls a bit. And it's, yeah. it's really fun to hear him. You know, you don't get much of a personal side of him previously, but now with Jeff Joniak, it feels like you really do because he's such a pro. He seems yeah. like he's such a pro. Right. And and that's the thing is like when I like I'd been listening to Joniak forever. Right. Um, and that was one of the cool things for me is if I was hosting a show after it's like he and after Bears Weekly or whatever, and 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 he tosses to me, like that was like 
that's like a kind of pinch yourself thing for me is like a guy that I grew up is, is tossing it to you in a professional manner. But no, I think you're exactly right, Jack. Like when you look at where Joniak was coming from, like you didn't get the personality of a Jeff Joniak. And now like he's on with Waddle and Sylvie every single week. And you really get to see the personality come out. Like the best stuff that I'm talking with Joniak is the stuff that isn't football a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And that's, just it's great to see that side of him and i know he i think he really loves being able to kind of show that personality as well because during a game broadcast with a play-by-play guy sometimes it's tough to especially on the radio to get that stuff out because your job is to explain and and describe to the listeners with precise detail like to really paint that picture of what's going on and it's tough to really get that personality side of you out and so i think that and along with tom thayer too like it's great. And like hearing some of the stories, like those guys have been doing this together for decades and you hear the road trip stories with them and all that fun stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun working with both of them. Jack, I don't want to steal your question, but Tyler, you just made me think of something else too. Um, you and Waddle and Sylvie, it just, it seems like, like, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but that those guys have really like taken you under their wing and that, that it's the relationship that, that has been built seems like it's just, it's, it's palpable. It's easy for us to see, even if we were listening in our car, it, it, is that, is that an accurate statement? I would definitely say so. I love working with those guys. And it's funny, like when I was in high school, I would listen to them on my drive home from high school and it was it was funny too because when I started listening to the station, I think I was in like fourth grade or something, and I would always hear about this Waddle and Sylvie show, <laughs> and that was on. I think at the time it was like nine to noon. I want to say, um, so it was on during the morning. So I was in school at that time, so I never got to listen to it. So I'd always hear about this Waddle and Sylvie show, and I never listened to it. And then they get moved to afternoon drive. So I start listening to them on my drives home from, from high school at the time. And I, I always loved listening to, to their show and now to be able to, to work with them and call them friends and, and teammates is, is awesome for me. It's a, it's a great sort of full circle moment to be able to work with those guys every single day. Last one promise Harbaugh. <laughs> are you in on a Harbaugh or are you no, out? If Clues gets fired, question. What do you think? If Harbaugh gets fired, Flus gets fired, is Harbaugh your guy or no? Let me let me preface this with if you asked me this before this season, I would have given you a hard no. I would have given you a hard no. Guy runs thin on people, wears people out. You get your four, maybe five years of Harbaugh, and then you got to move on, even if the results are there. At this point, there's a lot of things that I would do to get a 10 win season after these last couple of years. Um, I'm in on Harbaugh. He comes in, changes cultures, turns programs into winning teams. I know there's some shady stuff going on right now with Michigan, whether you want to believe what it, what's happening or not, wherever you stand on the issue. I want Jim Harbaugh as the head coach of this bears team. I think you want a guy who's just a winner, right? Like that, just get me a winner in the building. And, and that's what Jim Harbaugh, he's been a winner everywhere he's gone. And it's like in this city, it feels like we're always afraid to make the big move. We're always afraid to make the the big boy type of play. It's go get the winner. I mean, we just saw the Cubs do it. They went out and got Craig Council. That's, that's acting like a serious franchise that wants to win. 
And now the Bears need to do the same thing. They need to go out and get Jim Harbaugh because that is the Craig Council move for this Bears team. That is as close as you can get to getting a Craig Council. Maybe unless you traded for like a Sean McVay or something. But for me, go get me Jim Harbaugh. Guy wins. And I, right now, I'm, I'm sick of losing in this city. I really am. Like, across the board with all the teams, sick of the losing. I want a winner in here. If he cheats a little bit, if he's a quirky guy, I don't care. I want a winner in the city. Get me Jim Harbaugh. The pride of Glenbrook South, Tyler Aki, ESPN 1000. Tyler, you got to come back, man. We got to have you back on the show. Please tell us that you'll come back and hang out with us on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Anytime, fellas. Anytime you let me know, and I'd be happy to join you guys again. Thank man. you so uh, much, man. You're like, honestly, you're like well spoken, intelligent, man, pretty, local. <laughs> like, you've got like, you're he has package. to drop that in you're every time. Package. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's might, the first might. time I've been called man pretty in my life. You are. You are. It's true. <laughs> well, it, won't, you. it won't be the last, Tyler. It definitely won't be the last. <laughs> we just made you uncomfortable. Hey, Tyler, seriously, <laughs> thank you so much. Folks, make sure that you are listening to Tyler on ESPN 1000. He does such fantastic work, and we're so thankful to have him. Thanks for stopping by, Tyler. Of course, fellas. Anytime. Appreciate the invite. Take care. Dude, I'm, I'm mad that I didn't get to hang out with him last time. He's I mean, obviously, he's working for the big boys. He knows this stuff, but he is so, so, so good. Um, man, what a great get, Jack. Thank you, dude. No, absolutely. I mean, I think I I told you guys when I went to um, meet up uh, with Waddle and Sylvie at a – or I should say go watch them and listen to them uh, at a remote. I got to talk to, to Waddle and Sylvie a little bit, and we had them on the show, which was really great. But then as I was walking out – you know, they were the ESPN crew is packing up their stuff and Tyler was out there like in the middle of winter, freezing cold. And I was like, oh, hey, are you are you Tyler? And he uh, it was him. And, and he just sat and chatted with me like the three of them are the most personable, easygoing dudes. And yeah, I mean, you can just tell like the guy knows his stuff. He's very locked in. I loved his takes, even if I don't agree with all of his takes, like he's so well spoken like yeah i mean honestly can we adopt him or something i really like that kid he's such a great he's such a great dude as soon as he dropped that i think i was seven or eight years old when the bears went to the super bowl i was like oh man i forget that i am i am not young anymore at this so (laughs) hey jack old i was (laughs) yes yeah i remember (laughs) yep yep absolutely um we got some people to thank uh so how about we do that and then i've got a special assignment for you and i that i've been thinking about since we've been fighting so much i don't think think people might think that we're like we're like this is a bit no i don't i don't like i saw jack on friday we just kind of avoided each other for, for the first half of the day. And then finally it was just like, I'm going to go give him a hug because I love you. You're one of my best friends in the whole world, but it got, you got, it got a little, a little chippy there for sure. We, I mean, I guess the problem is, is that we both care a lot about this team and this team 100%. isn't very good. And that doesn't really help. Does it? <laughs> it does a hundred percent. A hundred percent. We can always, we can always hug it out. You know, and you can always go and get yourself a clean cut like Ryan did last week and like I'm going to do on Tuesday. And if you're going to go get yourself a clean cut and you're anywhere in the Chicago area, 
then there's only one place to go, and that's Sheridan's Barbershop, which is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. And you can book appointments online uh, or you can do it by phone. You can go to sheridansbarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137. And we have broken the news in recent weeks that they have a new shop uh, in downtown Naperville. It's called Hensel's Barbershop. And that's been open since 1966. There's so much history. The guys that own these two shops care about the community. They care about being local. They care about the history of the shops. Um, they're just great, great guys that I think care a lot about the community and the work they do. So Hansel's has six barbers. They're open Tuesday through Saturday. They're accepting walk-ins uh, and appointments. Uh, so you can book your appointment there at uh, Hansel'sBarbershop.com. Check that, Hansel'sBarber.com. And Hansel's is spelled H-E-N-C-Z-E-L. Hensel'sBarbershop.com. So Sheridan's Barbershop and Hensel's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. I I love those guys. Tom, the owner, couldn't be a better guy. He's just just wonderful guy. And then our guy, Will, that we go to see every time. He is a freaking character and and a good friend of the show. John Piltaver went to go get his haircut. He's like, fine, I'll I'll drive to Will. And I and I asked. I was like. Was it the best haircut you ever had in your entire life? And he's like, it was the best haircut I've ever had in my entire life. I'm like, Will's your barber now, isn't he? And he said, yes, he is my barber. Yeah. So if you see Will, you see Tom, you see any of the guys at Sheridan's, let them know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast said hello. All right. So this is how this is working. Seriously, it got chippy. It got heated. And, and as we kind of discussed with Tyler a little bit, I have been critical and I'm sick of the losing. Um, I'm sick of the mediocrity and Jack is of the belief that he's sick of that too, but, but he thinks that things are headed in the right direction. I don't believe that they are Jack. If, am I, if I, have I laid this out correctly? Yep. That's fair. So, so here's what we're going to do. Jack, I can go first or you can go first. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I have to be positive about where this Chicago bears <laughs> team is at and you have to be very critical of where this team is at. So you want to go back and forth? You want like me to do a little, you know, have a little session and then you'll have a little session. What's the best way to go about doing this? I think a back and forth might be good. Like make, make like maybe you make one key point, then I come back and make one key point. And what do you think? Does that work? Matt Eberflus has really got this defense turning into something. You know, I want to I want to give a but, but I'm not going to do it because I'm trying to stay positive. I think you'll know what that but was for Thursday night. However, the run defense has been spectacular, not good, but it's been spectacular. Um, the pass defense has been better. And obviously with the addition of Montez Sweat, um, man, I mean, that dude, that dude can play in this defense really, really well. He's not going to be a 20 sack guy, but he plays like if you go back and watch that game where the ball is, Montez Sweat is going to be. And I think that's going to further elevate Matt Eberflus's defense. I said something really, really nice. Okay. So that's positive Ryan. And now this is negative Jack. Okay. 
Um, well, <laughs> the Hold on, really quick, really quick, really quick. So our guy Ant from the Roar of the Lions has just been waiting patiently in the comment section um, with them with getting the big, big win too. You know, I just Excuse the me. Lions are real. They're real, and dude, we love so David. Uh, we we both love David Montgomery. We're really sad to see him go. We're we're excited for you guys, but okay, Jack. Yeah, that, I was saying to Ryan that, that David Montgomery run today, uh, we didn't see that when he was with us. He was so fast and shifty. I'm like, come on, Demo, why didn't you do that for us? Sad face. The the Bears are <laughs> the most penalized team in the league going into the games that started today. That's unacceptable. You've heard me say throughout the course of the podcast that those types of undisciplined errors reflect directly on the head coach. Uh, Those are the types of things that get taken care of or don't during practice. Those are the types of errors that permeate an entire team and a roster. And the fact that I think it was um, 67 penalties plus, uh, as I say, that that leads the NFL or led the NFL prior to today, and that's unacceptable. I don't I don't like it. It's stupid. I they are dumb. The Bears are dumb, and they should fire everybody. Oh wait, sorry, I got a little carried away. Yeah, you don't need to go that crazy. Okay, oh, okay, uh, okay. Just just hey, you're going to be critical, and I'm going to be positive for a second. Fine, fine. Sorry, I went too far. Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright on the right side of that line. That, those, those are your guys for, for the next couple of years. Watching them block together, they seem like there's some chemistry there. You know, I understand when uh, the guy who's why, the offensive lineman that Patrick Sheldon hates that's been gone for why am I totally drawing a blank right now? Uh, Nate Davis. Oh, Nate when, Davis. Yeah. When Nate, Nate Davis comes yeah. back, I don't care what Nate Davis might be more comfortable on the right, get him over to the left because Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright are a run blocking force and they've been pretty good against the pass defense as well. Um, you, you, you got a, you got a stud in Darnell, Wright, And I am, I'm loving every second of that. Poles is missed, man. He's, he missed on so many picks, right? He's missed on from Doug Kramer to Valus Jones, Jr. To, Oh gosh, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, he's missed too much. Uh, and the fact that he didn't use those draft picks to try to uh, better positions of need, areas of need that are so glaringly obvious, like center as a huge, for instance, uh, is egregious. Um, and in that respect, um, Poles has become somebody that uh, we are just not sure about going forward. Sorry, you got to give me like that one, like gets me just a little bit. Cause like I've been just like pounding the table, like angry about not getting a center. Tyreek Stevenson. Okay. Th- this is just a, taking a break from this whole thing back and forth, yeah. Jack. Like this is yeah. as a serious question. Do you think Tyreek Stevenson is going to be a very good corner down the road? I, I do. I, I think I see it like with Kyler Gordon, who balled out, by the way, against Carolina. I think it's a learning process. I mean, we, we have been in the position where we pretty much have to throw rookies 
right in the deep end of the pool. And that's what's happened with Tyreek Stevenson. And so we're seeing growing pains. But I do think he has the athleticism, the range, the height, the physicality to be a good corner. But he is is he the most targeted corner in the league right now. Is that what they said yes. on Thursday night? I was like, whoa, that's something. Well, they're they're picking on him, and you know the 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 yeah. thing is, I feel like he's shown a couple flashes where I'm like, I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be Kyler Gordon good. I don't think he's going to be Jalen Johnson good, but I think he's going to be mm-hmm. solid. Mm-hmm. I I I just wonder when if he's like two or three of the best center prospects were available when you picked Tyreek Stevenson. I I just I I hope I'm not being critical here. I'm asking as a serious question, Jack, and I, and I, I mean this and, you know, to have some, some really good dialogue with you is like, I just don't understand that one. You know, like, did you, did you think you were going to kick Jalen Johnson to the street? Did you, did you need somebody on that other side that you, that you just couldn't, but like you needed a center and Lucas, Lucas Patrick has played. Okay. The last like two games, like he truly, he has Cody Whitehair is a liability that just you that you need help on the offensive line. Like, I don't, I, I'm not saying that, you know, those two things are, you know, equal to each other. Do you know what I'm saying here, Jack? Like mm-hmm. I just, yeah. it, was a, it was a big, I mean, big I, miss. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, you, perhaps you're correct in that there was enough depth in the defensive backfield that they could have gone center, but I, I we don't know their board uh, specifically. And I do think, I mean, I, obviously I, I chose that perspective to do the bit here. I mean, I generally think Poles has done a really nice job. Uh, and I guess in that respect, I wonder if on the board, uh, well, it must've had to be that the Stevens was so much higher on the board clearly. And they were surprised that he landed that far down um, that regardless of the center position status, they were going to get that defensive back defensive back. And also I go all the way back. We're going way back here. I just think there were so many holes to fill. It was not possible logistically to fill all the holes in one draft, which is why I want to see another draft, another year of free agency. Uh, I, I feel like when you look at, and we'll talk about it later, some of the people that have been added that have been blue chip, legitimate, good players. That That's what makes me feel like we're on the right track when it comes to, to Ryan Poles. And we could start naming them. I was going to make a list actually, like well, who would we keep without a doubt for next year and who are, you know, the next tier down. I think there's a, there's a nice list of guys that are blue chippers that will be on this roster and make an impact next year. Uh, TJ Edwards is a guy that I think we're all going to agree has played really, really well. I think my criticism of him earlier in the season, I think was warranted. Yes. He's making a lot of tackles, but those tackles were 10, 12 or more yards down the field. And I, I don't, you know, yes, he's making the tackle and I'm excited for that, but it wasn't like the, the plays were happening way after, you know, a first down is made and yeah, but now I think, I think, you know, he's doing really good stuff. The one that really gets me cause I was so Tremaine Edmonds, I was elated for that guy. I don't know that you made the right move there. Cause the way that Jack Sanborn has played the last two weeks. Did you overpay for a guy that you could have spent that money somewhere else? Do, do you think, though, that there's a possibility healthy and with the remainder of the games on the schedule and with adding Montez Sweat, who elevated the entire defensive play level, I wonder if now we'll see Edmonds a little bit, you know, if he's got a little less traffic in his face in terms of offensive line 
uh, traffic and blocking. I mean, he showed that he can play well on the Bills. The Bills were a better um, structured, more veteran elite defense. But it does bring up a good question. I mean, it goes back to what Tyler said. I mean, if Edmonds is that good, shouldn't he elevate the entire defense? Does he he need to have, you know, like so much better around him that he – I agree with you in that I expected more of him up to this point. And so I'm really hoping he balls out remainder of the year. I don't know that it's necessarily a knock on Edmonds as much as it is saying you had a guy in Jack Sanborn who, when he's in the middle – like he's better suited to play in the middle. I think, you know, watching him, you know, scoop up tackles from Edwards uh, and Edmonds, who's okay. He's okay. You know, he, he was not on the field as much, but since he's been back in the field in the middle, like dude's making plays left and right. And, and, and again, it's, it's, I think Tremaine Edmonds is a very good player, but what my point is that, that the money that you spent to sign him could have been, Used to get a center, used to get a, another defensive back, to get another wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. that's that's where I'm caught up a little bit on this. I'm curious. You know, I'm, I'm curious. Anyone that's 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 watching right now, how are you all feeling about that? Um, would you, you know, Tremaine Edmonds is is that trade bait at the end of the season because you you've got Jack Sanborn or hey, you've already allocated that money towards him. So, do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just not sure Sanborn uh, Sanborn can cover like Edmonds. I mean, I think uh, to me, when you're thinking about the uh, going after and acquiring Edmonds, to me, there's no like when when that selection, when that choice was made. I I, I talked about how I watched Buffalo quite a bit because I adopted them as a team that actually wins, and the guy was just all over the field. I mean, he's just I mean sidelines to sidelines, super fast. He's got a pick, I think, already, maybe two. You know, so I mean. I'm and I'm not honestly sure without watching the L22, but my guess is that there's a great greater fall off with pass coverage between Sanborn and Edmonds. And when you think about a team like Detroit, like who do you want out there? No, I you I think the upside you're right is is correct. I just San Sanborn is I mean if that's your backup linebacker dude that guy's a stud I mean I I think there are a lot of other teams that if if that's your starter they're elated elated with 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 that guy in the middle um it just so happens that we have a a a slightly better one um I think it was ill will that put out the uh TJ Edwards versus Roquan stats um that was surprising because yet again we have the linebacker that is better um, at least statistically, but because he plays for the bears is just not getting the national love the way, you know, the way that he should be. And I don't know, man. I mean, going, going into today's games, he was leading, leading the league in tackles. And I mean, while I think we all have that impression that you had about, you know, the point of contact and whether or not those tackles were taking place down the field, uh, to me, they're, they're, I don't know. There's no doubting that guy. And we were going to ask Tyler, like, aside from, you know, TJ Edwards, is there anybody else on the team who would be, like, I guess, in the running as like most valuable, you know, player acquired? I mean, it might be Foreman. It might be, you know, uh, Wright. Uh, those those three, I think, would be in the running in terms of like Paul's best move uh, in the uh, in the off season, um, or maybe new new player uh, signings or acquirement. I mean. 
I can't speak enough on TJ Edwards. I just think he is a yeah. ball hog. He's always around the ball. He's a local kid, super nice. Was a grew up a Bears fan. Um, and you're right. Like, why isn't he getting that that same type of clout? Because he is legitimately very good at playing linebacker. He was for Philly, and now he is for the Bears. Very excited. I don't think you can say anything other than that. He's, he's a great player. Um, yes. Bruja seven. This is a great question. Do teams scheme differently with Sanborn in the middle? So the play ends up going to him. You know, I, I do wonder that a little bit, you know, they, they were maybe trying to pick on him and it just didn't work. It, it's, it's entirely possible. You brought up Jack, another name that I really want to talk about before we get to the outhouse and the penthouse. Um, it, it's, you know, Everybody loves Roshan, Roshan Johnson. And I know that's a name that I hear. Uh, he's going to, you know, I, you know, Brendan had said at one point, he's going to take over as the lead back. I don't think that should be the case. I think when Khalil Herbert gets back that you now have Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert, and that is a phenomenal one, two punch of running backs and Roshan, you know, just, just kind of sit back and, you know, maybe get a couple plays here and there, but I want those two guys. How do you feel about that? As we talked about, I think, uh, this week, what I'm pleased about from a holistic perspective is how effective the running back room has been. I feel like it's been plug and play in terms of having running backs who are good at having a burst to get into the open field and who run with a slightly forward punishing lean but can also get some breakaways in as well. I do not have the analysis in terms of their ability to pass block. So I don't know who would have the edge on that without watching, you know, again, the all 22, but I guess more specifically to your question, I don't know. I mean, I guess I just think about it in terms of how nice it is to have all of them because you're going to need all of them because you know that one of the three of them is going to get hurt probably again by the end of the year. So I'm just pleased. Your point was a good one in terms of having like, what did you say? Like thunder and lightning, Yes, you know, but, and that's great to have that mix up back. Uh, and that proved itself to be highly successful, but I feel like almost all of them have the ability to tote the ball on the ground and catch the ball out of the backfield. So I don't know. I just, again, maybe going back to polls a little bit, I feel like he set that room up rather nicely. Even, I mean, was it Evans that they brought back off of? Yeah. Was it Washington's practice? I mean, he's performed well too, when he's had to. I believe that's the thing that I said at the beginning of the season I was most looking forward to was their stable of running backs. I do believe that's what I said. And Luke Getze, to his credit, right? I I disagree with Tyler. I think his inconsistencies are the thing that that have just have me just I I I get what Tyler's saying, but I disagree with him. Um, yeah. but the one thing that I have to give him credit for is he, when he does commit to the running the ball, which is not all the time they run exceptionally well, exceptionally well. Yes. All right, Jack. Oh, sorry, please go ahead. No, I was going to say, I do think Bruja is right in the comments. Um, you know, and some people have said that he still looks a little off kilter since the concussion. And there probably is going to be a bit of a learning curve for like for Rojo because he runs so hard and he puts his head down still. And, um, while we love and appreciate that style of running in Chicago, uh, you also, I think, do have to have a sense of like longevity. And I don't know as if he can, he, he's going to have to stop, like put, get behind your pads and have a lean 
for sure. But let's not put our head into the into into the uh, collision quite as much because he. I think there's a little bit of collegiate carryover for him in the way that he runs. It's not. It's a being hypercritical. Maybe I think everything else about him is pretty damn good. His agility, his ability to catch out of the backfield. Uh, he runs uh, hard downhill. Again, I you know I don't want to make it seem like I don't like Roshan Johnson. That is not the case at all. I'm just saying Khalil Herbert. He's got great movement, uh, especially laterally. It just yeah. he's got quick quick feet. And DeAndre Foreman, he catches the ball significantly better than you would expect for a really big back like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I'm excited about it. Jack, we got to get to it. We're gonna do it too. The outhouse and the penthouse. The Outhouse and the Penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Now, we've been talking about it endlessly. He's doing commercial. He's doing uh, your your <laughs> commercial. He's doing your home home stuff. What are you, what are you thinking? Do you, do you want to do residential? Do you, do you want to lease a property? Do you want to start that small business? Has your small business grown to the point where, hey, we're not just online. We want to have a physical space. Are you thinking, man, I really want to buy or sell something? All I can tell you is this, is that myself – my wife, obviously, and one of my very good friends bought and sold with Jeff Cadwallader, and we couldn't have been more thrilled. The entire process from start to finish, he's truly like one of the like most amazing guys you're ever going to meet, um, and he's just he's just awesome. So if you're thinking about it, whether that be commercial or residential properties, Jeff Cadwallader with SVN Landmark, give him a call, give him a text, 630-254-4734, or visit GenevaJeff.com. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. All right, Jack, we're running up a little bit short on time, so let's do this. Let's do just one of us a piece. Let's do penthouse, and then we'll come right back and do outhouse uh, before we get out of here. So, Jack, you're up first. Penthouse, who's in your penthouse? I was going to go to TJ Edwards, but we talked so much about him already. Um, He did have 12 tackles on Sunday, just to add to what we were talking about earlier. But uh, I'm going to shift a little bit. And I'm just going to say it was nice to have the tandem of uh, Gordon and Brisker back. Uh, They had a total of 17 tackles between them. uh, And uh, they had a couple of pass deflections as well. Uh, And I would just mention kind of as an aside, and I do think this is the the, the Montez sweat factor, but there was like, four pass deflections and nine quarterback hits on Sunday. And I would like to look up the quarterback pressures because I'm not sure how many there were, but there were quarterback pressures, Ryan. And that was so sweet to see. Cause I think it did going back to the original point. I think it allowed for our defensive backs to play better, which is what we have been hoping for for a while now. You know, I was going to take Montez Sweat, but I've already talked about him a lot. Again, I'll just reiterate, he's not the 20-sack guy, but he is going to provide run support. He's a, he's a true defensive lineman in every sense of it. Um, quick honorable mention to Cole Komet. I asked the question on Twitter, um, is he a top five tight end? And I don't know if he's quite there yet, but if you mix his blocking, his catching, so he had five catches for 45 yards, um, he's got good hands, he's, he's getting better and all those things. Yeah, I'm 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 a Cole Komet fan. It's it has to be Deontay Foreman. Uh, just 80 yards rushing. He had the tutty. I just and 
They did such a good job using him in the beginning of the game. Got a little bit away from it in the second half. Again, just a little bit, which I don't necessarily love, but I, I think he's he's awesome and I love seeing it. Let's go out to the outhouse, Jack. The only real issue I have with the Bears defense, because I think it's been almost all good, aside from Eddie Jackson, is, uh, I don't know, Ryan, you, you, I believe, have the hits principle tattooed. Is it? On your lower back, or yeah, is it? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the T, I think, is for turnovers, and yet I don't see any turnovers. We're not forcing turnovers at all. I'm pretty sure we had no forced turnovers. So that needs to uptick if you're going to claim to have some sort of a uh, an acronym as your mantra, and one of those one of those consonants is for T. T is for turnover, and that's good enough for me when they happen. So, <laughs> uh, the, that well done, sir. Well done. Uh, is Trenton Gill an NFL punter? Well, you've heard me, man. I'm I've been dogging him, and I for a draft pick. I don't know, man. Like. But we've had mediocre punters for decades, Ryan. So I, I don't know, but I just I think he stands out as being below average, to be honest. I I just you know it's I think Thursday night was the first time I really noticed that he is a subpar punter. And again, for some for a draft pick, I I just at this point you would expect a guy to start to get better after the time and coaching. And and we've talked about it. Hightower is an awesome special teams coach. I just haven't seen it. And I just, you know, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I mean, Jack, to be fair, sorry, to be fair, he had six punts for 280 yards with a 46.7 average. He had three inside the 20, which is odd because that might've been one of his better games. But if you look at his full season stats, he's in the bottom third in almost every net net. He's in the bottom third for net, for average, for inside the 20. I'm pretty sure, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that's low on the list of priorities, right? Yes. Uh, if, we're, if I'm going to punter, you know, I, I mean, I was going to get super critical and say, hey, 16, 13, you only put up 16 points uh, against a very bad Panthers defense that was missing their top two corners. But in the interest of trying to be more positive, Jack, you know, <laughs> I said, I'm not going to do it. That's but I just you, did isn't it. it? <laughs> uh, I mean, would, yeah, Bajan, would, Bajan, would Bajan be in the outhouse too? I mean, uh, here, we didn't really thing. get to chat about that at all, but he feels like he's been, you know, are they neutering quarterbacks in Chicago? Less swagger, no touchdowns. I mean, that, that's, I, I texted that and I, t- I, I tweeted it. I do think they, they neutered him a little bit. Also, I think though, throw, throwing those three interceptions the game before he, he's not accustomed to that. You know, he is, no. he's accustomed to playing in D2 where his arm is plenty strong enough. Now he's got to learn to adapt on it. Here's the thing. He's a rookie. He's an undrafted rookie free agent and people are expecting him to, to be CJ Stroud. I, I think he's going to develop. And if he is your backup quarterback for the next five or more years, you got to be thrilled with that. Absolutely. That's how I I feel about it. He seems like a program guy. He seems selfless. If he gets a little bit of his, uh, you know, I hope he gets some of that confidence back. I get why maybe he would be a little squeamish after that many turnovers. But I think part of the job of the staff in that situation is to prop him right back up. You know, I think there's like an overriding concern about the bears in general and about this staff 
They don't imbue quarterbacks, it doesn't seem like, with a ton of swagger and confidence. And that is an ongoing concern of mine. We have had such a good night. I don't almost don't want to ask this and anything that we missed, but I do want to get just your overall thoughts on why you believe Valus Jones was a healthy scratch. Well, I guess I suppose it, they didn't think that it was worthwhile enough for him to be solely a kick returner. And maybe because St. Brown was healthy, they wanted to play him because he is so fantastic at pass blocking. And maybe they're, you know, maybe they're maybe they're done with him. I was saying last week, I think it's a it's a shame with him because and you probably coach these guys or girls too, Ryan, where you, you just see a ton of talent and you know that missed catch in the end zone. You could you just see the kid over trying so hard. He wants so bad to do well that he's just short circuiting and he can't get out of his own way. And that I that it breaks my heart a little bit. I just I wish I think he's he can be fluid, he can be athletic. Um, but I'm willing to admit it's you know probably not gonna work out now, obviously. So, well, Hey, that was it for, for things that I missed. Anything that you missed that you want to talk about before we get to shout outs? No, I think we're, we're good to go already. Uh, I just, I missed all of you over the last uh, two weeks. So, so thank you for hanging out with us. I know some of you are still hanging out in the comment section and that means a lot to us. Uh, let's get to shout outs, Jack. I, I've got a couple cause it's been a while. I'm sure you do as well. Jack, let's hear your shout outs for this week, buddy. Okay, I wanted to try to shout out some folks that have been interacting with me quite a bit on um, on X. And so I'll just shout them out um, one by one and say thank you so much for, for following me and uh, being part of the conversation. As you all know, I enjoy the conversation on X as long as it's like healthy and open-minded and open, open-hearted. Uh, and so I've got time for you folks all day, every day. Uh, the rest of you all, as I've said before, can go kick rocks, but... These people are great people. So uh, one of them is uh, Kay Bear Down, and she's at Sleep Expert. That's with an X uh, on X, Sleep Expert. And then uh, Winston Robbins 9. Uh, thanks for being a part of the conversation with me this week. Uh, Rusty is a really good guy. I don't know if you've uh, interacted with Rusty at all, uh, Ryan, but he's at RustyJ54. Uh, his name is uh, Russ Carnuth. Sorry if I butchered that, Russ. I mean, I guess maybe I like him a little bit more because he seems to agree with me, uh, but you don't always have to agree with me. That's okay. Uh, and then um, we've got Shy Bull, uh, Shy Bulls at, check that, you know, I'm I'm an old head, as my kids tell me often. Um, it's at Shy Bulls 2333, all kind of, uh, again, participating in conversations with me on X this week, and I appreciate all of you. Thanks so much. Uh, so most of mine are off of Twitter. Um, actually, I think all of these actually might be off of Twitter now at this point that I'm saying this. So Kyle Baumel, I'm going to probably say your name's wrong. Brian Lintvet, Nicole, Nick, Nikhil Ghosh. I'll definitely get that one right. Nikhil. Um, and then Guy Kim. Uh, so the first three are guys that I, I, I got to go out to, uh, to see, uh, a very, very good friend of mine he was the best man at my wedding, uh, Nikhil Ghosh, but only just for a short bit of time. It was really cool to see him, got to meet some of his friends again for a very, very short time. Uh, but just had something going out this weekend or a couple weekends back rather got to see them. It was really cool. It was, it's 
really cool meeting your friends' friends. And just sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, you people are awesome. And you're like, oh, that's right. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's, you're like, I get why your friends are friends with their friends and you can make friends with their friends. That's a lot of friends. <laughs> Gee, Gee Kim uh, is a friend from high school who I haven't talked to in a while. And we've been bonding over the fact that our daughters both watch Frozen 474 times. Uh, and so now our, our text thread is basically just back and forth of Anna Nelsa quotes. I've got them all. I never thought I would be that Can guy. You, but could, could we get one? I really don't. Atta Holland. Yeah, it's a it's a frozen river that's a special. You know, we're 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 done now. We're, we're moving on. We're moving on. So, uh, love uh, it. Part of part of me having a two year old at home, uh, folks. We know you guys can get your bears content anywhere, and you've chosen to hang out with us. It doesn't get lost on us. Um, even though Jack and I are fighting a lot this week, we're still friends. We still love it, chatting with all of you about bears stuff galore. And just very, very fortunate to have this podcast and to, to be able to interact with all of you. You can help us out. You can leave us a five-star review. Uh, you can share this with a friend uh, or just keep listening. And we appreciate you, especially with a, with a team that that is definitely not going to the Super Bowl this year. But who knows what, what the future might hold someday, many, many years from now. Folks, for all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, that's Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, and I am Ryan Dangle, folks. Thank you so very much. And as always, Bear Down Chicago.